Welcome to My Fertility Journey, Life Chats with Bianca Bullissian. Hello, hello, happy Tuesday. Welcome back or welcome for the first time. Either way, thanks for tuning in for one more Life Chat featuring an amazing TTC warrior. Today I chatted with Isis. She is an absolutely lovely woman that had a terrible loss and is now sharing her story and supporting women that have gone through losses too. Isis has an amazing spirit and a voice that is so calming. I literally begged her to become a counselor of some sort, therapist, helper of spirits, because... She could, like, I could seriously hear her talk the whole day. So calming and articulate. Isis' story speaks for itself, so let's just dive right into it. And with a trigger warning, though, for when she goes into details of her loss, it was an emotional and challenging moment. So please take care of yourself and protect your heart if this is hard for you today. You can skip this conversation altogether and follow Isis on Instagram at Raising a Angel for support. The link is on the notes of this episode. Hello, Isis. Welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you here. So thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. So yes. I am Isis Bimani. And just a little bit about myself. So I'm located in Birmingham, Alabama. And so there is like really not that much to do here. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so we have like the mall and like roller skating and bowling. And that's like really it. And then just like a little bit about me is I like to bake. I really like cooking. Um, And I love to paint. I just got into watercoloring. So I am absolutely in love with it. That's lovely. I love that. Yes, yes. Thanks for sharing that. I wanted Mm -hmm. to know a bit in the beginning now, just for us to sort of lay the ground a bit. um, How was your um, first, how did you get in touch first with your own fertility in terms of sexual education, information, conversation with family, friends, magazines, internet, yeah. anything that you'd like to share on those lines? Absolutely. So what we do, we have elementary here and in our fifth grade class, they split up the boys and the girls and mm-hmm. they take us into like separate rooms and it's like very covert and we're like, what the heck is going on? Because it's strange because we're normally like co-ed and all in one class. Wow. And so apparently our parents sign off on these permission forms to tell us, so our teachers can tell us about sexual education. So in fifth grade, so imagine that. How old are you in fifth grade? Like 10, maybe? And um, I remember them telling me about a period, which I had no idea what that was. And they did like the little glass trick where they put a tampon and a glass of water. And then they just did the weird thing where they put the condom over the banana. And that was just so weird. Classic. I know. And I was like, of all things. And then they also had cucumbers. And I was like, I just, I just can't. And so that was really my first look into like sexuality and like reproduction. And they also, I almost forgot, they showed us a video of a woman giving birth, which was very terrifying when you're in fifth grade. Can you imagine that? Like, I mean, like, full, like you see everything, like baby, head, crowning, like full on everything. So I was terrified of sex (laughs) and I was like, I'm never going to have kids. And I don't even want to sit beside a boy because I do not want that experience to happen to me. So that 
is my introduction into sexuality and reproductive health. That is so interesting. That's the first time I hear of the separation of the like the boys yeah. and girls. And maybe that do you think like just looking back all jokes aside, because <laughs> there are so many jokes on those that yeah. 30 seconds of your story. Yeah. But do you think that was their goal in a way to scare the girls? So they stay away from and just, you know, even if maybe like subconsciously, that's what the school is going for. Yes. Yes, I do. I definitely do. I remember just like being in fifth grade. That was like back in 2005 for me. So it was like even things of like kind of like body shaming girls in a way of like, don't wear things that don't have at least three or four finger straps to school and like things like that so definitely like shaming them and showing them like the birth video and being like you don't want this to happen to you it's so bad it totally worked for me um nobody really explained like the miracle of birth and how important those things are well the shaming thing is that is heavy it is heavy yeah because it starts the the culture the whole like blaming victim blaming and rape culture that we have to mm -hmm. deal with more and more um now social media makes it so complicated as well right for yeah. especially that age puberty and mm -hmm. um, young adults and stuff because it, it basically tells you that if you're showing off your bra strap because your top is like too skinny or whatever then if yeah. someone hits on you it's your fault you just yeah. didn't put the correct top on exactly wow and that really sucks and I definitely think that's very detrimental to young girls and like even to this day I wonder what the boys talked about like what did they talk right. like because it was really awkward when we came back into the classroom and we all just like kind of still separated not because our teacher told us to but because we were both the boys and the girls were like really freaked out so we just kind of like stood across the room and just kind of like stared at each other wow and so I'm still curious to this day like what did they talk about yeah you need to go to one of those re class reunions <laughs> I know I know. figure that out let me know as soon as you find out absolutely <laughs> oh my goodness so let's carry on fast forward fast forward okay. a bit yes yeah. and how you met your husband and then into your let's say your fertility journey going forward from there yeah okay yeah. so I met my husband in 11th grade and the first day I met him, he told me he was going to marry me. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're crazy. I don't know you. And like how the class chart was set up. It was like, we were literally in a row side by side each other. So there was like, not even a way for me to avoid him <laughs> or like get any space. And so he only went to our high school for one year, literally only in 2011. And he just kept saying, we should date, we should go out on dates. And I was like, I can't date you because you're my best friend. And if we date and something happens, then we won't be best friends anymore. And we just can't do that. So eventually he wore me down and we went on a date. <laughs> and now all these years later, we've literally known each other for 10 years. So all these years later, we are officially married. And that is the story of how we met. Wow. And yeah. he won. He did win. <laughs> and it's really frustrating because he's always like, you knew I'm actually right. You knew I was actually right. I knew exactly what I wanted. I'm yeah. like, that's so weird. Like, how do you know? Because wow. I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, of course. That is very sweet. Very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, sweet guy. Because you usually, uh, well, I don't know. I think if the stereotype and the stuff we see on movies, like it's always the woman, the girl that wants to get married and has all these yeah. dreams and expectations. But that's that's very sweet. Yeah, good yeah. for him for <laughs> sticking with his gut. And and now we have it recorded forever. I know that he's he gonna... won that story. He'll be very pleased. I know he's going to come back and like listen to this and like bring it up weekly and be like, you know, you said I was right. 
and all the other people heard it too. So exactly. There's no yeah. going back now. <laughs> um, great. And then did you both want kids in the beginning? Did you have that kind of conversation? Like when you actually were dating and yeah. yeah. So I was always a person that said I never wanted kids. Um, and he grew up very differently than me. So family, his family was always around and always very caring and very loving. So he was like, yeah, I definitely want kids. Um, but for me, if I'm being honest, I decided that I didn't want children because of a fear aspect. One, because of the fifth grade video that we mentioned before. And also because my mother ended up having a stillbirth and she never spoke about it ever until I was probably about 18 or 19. And so I found out like, hey, I have a whole nother sister that I never even knew about. Wow. So how was, can you describe like feelings? I know fear, but what type of things were like going through your, your mind? Like having the, you know, having a, now a husband or a serious relationship with someone that wants to have kids and you sort of dealing with this, these emotions. Yeah. Um, me and my husband, as I said, we're best friends. So we're always very much on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so we constantly over communicate with each other. So it was always something that I was like, I'm not ready for. I don't even really know if I want this. I probably want to adopt. And so, um, he respected it. He never like pushed me to try to have kids. Cause I know sometimes people, um, get married and then they end up getting divorced or their relationships end up not working out just because one person wants kids and the other person doesn't. And so really just my feelings around all that is, um, I was just scared. Mm -hmm. I was scared to say that I wanted to be a mother because I knew what happened to my mom and I didn't want that to happen to me. And I was afraid that I didn't know how to be a mother. Like, how do you learn how to be a good mom? Like, how do you do that? And so I was just in awe and in shock and perplexed mm -hmm. <laughs> of how you do those things. Yeah, that makes sense. So overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's not talked about because, well, I don't know why, but it it then when you have these feelings you feel like you're the only person because you're like everyone seems to be just fine getting pregnant with their babies yeah. everything looks beautiful you see mm -hmm. pictures of families and it's so beautiful babies are so cute and yeah. then um I don't know going forward right movies tv like no one's no. actually showing this overwhelming feeling and fears that is behind uh, pregnancy, motherhood, birth. Yeah. yeah. So that is, so it's hard to, did you, did you look for any resources on, on those lines to, to help you? Or was it just something that you sort of sat with? This is my feeling and this is where I am. It was just something that I sat with because not many other people had those feelings. And it's always like the age old thing where like you get married and people instantly ask you when are you having kids I want to have grandkids when are you having babies and I was like this is just so overwhelming so just letting people know directly I was like hey I don't want kids that was a way just to like shut down everything and then eventually they finally got the hint and stopped asking um so that definitely worked out for me I would Good. say Good. Yeah. That is so challenging, isn't it? When the question starts coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hard to dodge. So good job for yes. just like, you know, sometimes if you're just silent for a bit, people will just stop. Exactly. Asking. Yeah, yeah. That's a very, very good strategy. Good advice for the listeners. Um, so then, so then going forward, you did end up having a pregnancy. Yes. So if you don't mind going into that and what happened next? Yes. So me and my husband, we talked and we just felt like something was missing in our lives. And we came to the conclusion that it was time for us to have children. We felt like it was the right time in our lives. We felt like God was aligned with us and we were just ready to completely embrace that. So I was pregnant and um, 
I kept it to myself for a while because obviously I was nervous because my mother's stillbirth and I didn't want to have to explain to people if something went wrong, um, exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately I did end up giving a stillbirth and um, I was 19 weeks pregnant and my water broke in my bathroom. Wow. So I had like awful cramps um, in the middle of the day. It was probably around one or two. And so I took a nap and I wasn't very alarmed because, you know, when you call your doctor, sometimes they just say like, oh, hey, these are just normal pregnancy things. You're going to experience that. It's probably like round ligament pain. And I was just like, okay, this is my very first pregnancy. I don't really know what to expect. And so um, I woke up from my nap and I went to the bathroom and um, after I went, I felt my, the sack that your water is held in, it completely slid out and wow. it busted all over the floor in the bathroom. And so in that moment, I instantly panicked. I called my husband. I was like, my water broke. And he was like, what? Because I was only 19 weeks pregnant. And um, I was telling him to come home and I called my godparents and I was like, hey, I need you to take me to the hospital. I'm too traumatized to drive right now. I just need somebody to take me to the hospital. And so um, my husband was originally coming to get me, but he got in a wreck on the way trying to get to me. Mm-hmm. And thankfully he's okay. Um, but that was like more trauma on top of trauma. And so um, my godmother, she ended up taking me to the hospital along with my grandmother. And I remember going into the doctor's office and they did an exam and the doctor asked me to come into her office. And I just knew in that moment that everything was going wrong. I knew in that moment that everything was going wrong because all of my years of going to a gynecologist, I've never once been called into an office. Mm. And she tells me that my water definitely broke that fluid's not retaining and that um, my son's probably not going to make it. And so I have two options at that point. She never pressured me or anything like that, um, but she was like, you can induce labor. This is an option. Um, Or you can continue with your pregnancy. So I definitely chose to continue with my pregnancy because I know that miracles happen and there's different things that go on. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So then they kept me in the hospital overnight. And so I stayed the rest of that day. I stayed overnight and, you know, they put the little monitor in your stomach to see if you're having contractions. And they said there, there's nothing happening. And I don't know if my contractions were just so small, they weren't picking up anything. And so I ended up going home and I was thinking, and we, like me and my husband, we sat down and we had like such an incredible prayer and all of our family and friends were coming over and just like praying for us. And, um, one morning I woke up and I was like, I know my body. I'm very in tune with my body. Mm -hmm. And I was like, today is the day I am about to deliver. And it's just, odd kind of having that feeling when you've never been pregnant before it's like you just know you just have Mm. that moment where you're like today is the day and so we go to the hospital they tell me that I'm dilating and I'm crying because I'm like this is not okay and they keep telling me my son's not going to be okay because of um he was only 19 weeks he was only 19 weeks along And he hasn't retained enough fluid in his lungs and the chemical that your body makes. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, So likely when he's going to be birthed, he isn't going to be breathing. And so the woman comes in with the ultrasound um, machine and she puts it on my stomach and he looks perfectly fine. Like his heart rate's Mm -hmm. fine. It hasn't spiked. Um, 
he is doing perfectly fine. And one thing that I really love is that he sits, when he was in my room, he sits like my husband does on the couch. So he puts mm-hmm. his arm behind behind his head mm-hmm. and he like crosses his legs and he was just like hanging out in there and like he was fine. And so I was like, how is it possible that you're telling me that my son's not going to be okay when I'm looking at him and he's okay and he's fine. And so my husband looks at me and he was like, we should probably take a video of this. And I didn't want to, but I knew in that moment, that was the last moment that I was going to see him in his happiness and in his safe place. And... So I ended up, they sent me into, you know, the labor room where you give delivery or you have a delivery and everything just kind of stopped for a while. I stayed there for a whole day. Nothing really happened. And so I was like, hopefully this is just like something mild and I can just go back home. And my body's just trying to retain fluid since my water has definitely broke. And the next morning at 5.13 a.m., I delivered him and I delivered him vaginally. And I think that's important for me to say, because most people assume when you have a stillbirth that um, you have a C-section, but I did deliver him vaginally and um, he was stillborn. Um, And I just remember holding him and it was like all the love I had in my heart. I just looked at his beautiful little face and and felt the warmth in his body. Um, And I was like, this is all the love that my heart has to give and um, the nurses took pictures and um, I wasn't sure that I really wanted them but now that time has passed I am definitely happy that I have those and um, he looks just like my husband like him and my husband could be twins Mm -hmm. and so um, my son's name is Elijah and I love him so much, even though he's not here with me and I miss him terribly. And I can't believe, believe I got through this whole story without crying <laughs> because I can feel the water coming up. Um, but one thing that really gave me passion and really inspired me was I just remember laying in the hospital bed and It was like, I just had this incredible passion and I just had this fire in my heart that I never wanted another woman to experience what I just experienced and her be alone. And I was like, I can't leave anyone else alone in this. Like, I I can't do that. I can't sleep at night if I know that women are having stillbirths and miscarriages and they're alone and they don't have a support system. And so that's just kind of how I started my Instagram, Raising an Angel. And um, my tagline is we just start honest talks about pregnancy loss, grief, and mental health. And um, that's really how everything got started. Wow. What a story. Thank you so much for, for sharing. I'm sure it's like unbelievably hard. But you can, like, I can hear the love and the calmness in your voice, which I'm yeah. sure this calmness maybe took some time to arrive after sure. all the pain. So how was the, like, timeline is so different and, and time is very subjective anyways, but mm-hmm. how, how was it? going back home and and coping did you have any you've talked a lot about your faith and your prayers between Mm -hmm. you your husband your family how was the support and the coping that you had both on your own as a mother that lost a child and as uh, a wife and you know the rest of your family it seems like you have Mm -hmm. a very beautiful support system your godmother (laughs) your grandmother so Mm -hmm. that's really um that's really nice to have can you share a bit about that yeah um I know that my family will eventually listen to this and before (laughs) I say what I say I want them to know that I love them dearly (laughs) (laughs) but it was like I came home and how I left the hospital was really not the best story. Um, 
they like released me from the hospital very late at night. So it was like 12:21. So I guess technically like the next day. Um, and one of the office managers, she just like came in and was like turning on all my lights and pressing down on my stomach with her clipboard and was like you need to sign these papers so you can leave and I was like can I not just leave in the morning it's literally 12 a.m like I'm okay with leaving I'm not trying to stay and live here because I I know I need to go home but that story was just crazy and um so I came home pretty traumatized because I was like I'm literally leaving without my son and this woman is just like very unhelpful at that time. And it's very wow. late and we've had been in the hospital for days. So I'm like, we don't have food, like we don't have anything. And so we just came home to a very dark house and obviously everything was a mess because my water broke in the bathroom and I like quickly packed a bag. And so like everything was just a mess. And so... I remember just like taking off the clothes I was wearing in the hospital, putting on something different and literally just getting in my bed and I just cried and I just laid there and I cried and my husband just held me and he was like, I know it hurts. I know it hurts and I'm going to help you. I feel like I'm about to cry. And I'm going to help you and um, we're going to get through this. And so when it comes to family support, I definitely have like a lot of drama going on at that time um, with my family. Like I didn't really have that much support and my godparents and my grandmother, um, they were very supportive, but they also didn't really know how to support me because they hadn't been through anything like that. So it was kind of like they wanted to care for me, but they didn't want to rush me through my grief. And mm-hmm. so they didn't really do anything. And so um, I remember just like waking up and calling my godfather one day and just being like I miss you and I just need to hear your voice because I am just laying in bed it was five o'clock in the morning I was like I can't sleep and we talked on the phone and I was like okay I feel relaxed hearing your voice now I can finally go to sleep and then um the next day my um godfather came over and my godmother came over and we just watched a star wars movie (laughs) Mm-hmm. because that's the only thing I could watch that wasn't emotionally triggering I was like I don't want to see a baby mm-hmm. I don't want to hear a baby I don't want anybody to talk about babies like I don't want any of that and so we just watched Star Wars because Star Wars doesn't really have children in mm-hmm. them. and so we did that and um, that was helpful but then it just kind of went back to silence of, I don't really know how to support you, but we don't want to rush you. And so it was just a really, really hard time because I gave birth on November 3rd. And so it was like Thanksgiving was coming up and then like Christmas was the next month. And like, oh. those are obviously like very happy family oriented times. Yes. And when I think back to them now, like I'm still traumatized. Like I was watching the show earlier before, you know, our podcast and I heard Christmas music and I was like, I can't even deal Mm. with this because I am literally traumatized. And so really just some of the things that got me through was just like praying with my husband and knowing, like, I have to remember that God is good. That was like one thing I had to remember because I was very angry with him because the day I found out I was pregnant I literally got down on my knees in my bathroom and I said God I can't lose this child I can't handle that please do not take away my child I'd rather go to the store and get another pregnancy test and it just be like one of those chemical pregnancies you know yeah yeah. then go through this 
And so after I went through all this, I was so angry. I couldn't pray. I couldn't talk to him. I was angry. I was just so mad because I'm like, you tell me that if I ask for something and I ask for it truly, you'll give it to me. And so I'm like, what's more important than asking for my child's life? Yeah. And so just having to deal with figuring out how not to be angry with him so that I can move forward with everything was definitely hard, but I eventually came to the thought of God could create angels. He has the power to do that, but instead he had me create him an angel because he saw something so important in me and my husband that he wanted a perfect quality, something that he loved. And so he had us create him an angel. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Oh, my heart. I want to reach through the screen <laughs> at you. Seriously. Um, do you remember, that? was there a pivot point where you went from that place of, of anger, like why God or why me? Like there's so many things that go through our minds, right? When we're mm -hmm. struggling with something like that. And, and then arriving into this place of, of realizing that you both created an angel. And like you said, God is good and whatever else that is, that was comforting you. Um, from yeah. then on was there was it like a slow progression or was there something that just made you turn around and and look at with different eyes um I want to say that it was a slow progression because I was definitely angry um and I'm not still angry now but I don't fully understand some days. Um, I know that losing my son has given me a different passion and changed my view on life um, for sure. And I've never really had the experience where I've lost somebody really close to me. And so it just made me really open my eyes to other people that have experienced loss. But as far as like a pivotal point, I don't think I had one. I remember just being so sad one day because I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I literally was depressed. I was like, I can't keep laying in bed. I can't keep watching Star Wars. Like I'm running out of movies. <laughs> and even I, with Star Wars. Yes. Even yes. with Star Wars, <laughs> I am running out of movies. And so um, I called my counselor and I usually don't call her on her cell phone, but thankfully she picked up and I was like, I, Hey, I know this is like outside of your usual protocol, but I just need five minutes of your time. I gave birth early. My son passed away. And I need to come see you and talk to you because if I don't, I'm not sure if I'll be okay. And so after like starting up my sessions with her, I want to say that maybe that was my pivotal point because mm -hmm. she gave me different perspectives on things and just kind of helped me cope with my grief and kind of walk through my grief. Excellent. That is so important to share because reaching out, asking for help is sometimes just so, so hard. So it's amazing that you managed to have a moment of clarity to do that, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't and, and they just stay in that black hole for, for too long. Yeah. And, and we do have to normalize like counseling and therapy and reaching yes. for help because we can't deal with everything on our own. It's not necessary. It's not fair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad that you shared that. So was that someone that you had known from before? Yeah. She was your counselor before. 
Yes, I, um, I'm not going to say her name, but I want to say that I really love her. She is the best counselor I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And, um, she has been very helpful and I kind of started my mental health journey and just like kind of healing from like childhood trauma and other things about two years ago. So she's just been there for me. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that you, that you reach reached out and, and it helped you. So I wanted to go further into the Instagram account yeah. So tell us a bit when exactly you decided to, and what was your, like your vision, your goals with that account and where do you feel like you are now reaching out and having like deeper conversations into mm-hmm. the community? Yeah. So I started raising an angel and uh, I think I want to say December, it was probably like a few days before Christmas or maybe a week before Christmas. I can't exactly remember because Mm -hmm. that time is very fuzzy to me. Um, But I was like, I have to talk about this because I got online and I looked for things that women that have dealt with pregnancy loss, like groups that you could go into talk to or organizations that are helpful. And I really didn't find anything. I found maybe like two discussion boards and they hadn't been updated in about a year. Mm. And so there was like women that hadn't been answered in over a year. And I was like, I don't just want to share my story on the internet and just like leave it. Like, I want to talk to people who've dealt with this. I want to see how they're processing it. I want to be there to help other people. And so I decided to start my Instagram And that's a really big step for me because I never use social media. I know that probably sounds crazy to (laughs) most people our age, but I have never been into social media. Like I am fine without everything. Mm -hmm. And so I started it up. I remember just writing like a welcome post and I can't remember word for word what it said at this point, but I was like, Hey, I am here for all the women who've experienced pregnancy loss and you need somebody to talk to, your babies are not forgotten. I won't forget them. And your stories will be seen, accepted and heard. And so I started that and it started with like one follower, like everything. (laughs) I just had like this one random person that believed in me. And I really need to go figure out who that one random person is because they actually gave me so much inspiration. Yes. I remember we should give, should give them a shout out. I know. (laughs) And I just remember like them following me and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like screaming across like the house at my husband. I was like, I have one follower. I have one follower. Somebody believes in me that's not you <laughs> and so, and I so love we, that we like were so excited I was like get the sparkling grape juice we're gonna celebrate <laughs> and so <laughs> we did that and then it was like I had one follower and then I had five and I was like oh my gosh I'm like the coolest person alive right now I have five <laughs> followers I mean like like I said I don't use social media and so I was like I have five people that believe in this yeah that are strangers and just like willing to look at the stuff that you put out and that's amazing (laughs) and then one day I had a woman who noticed my Instagram account who had one similar to mine Mm. and she was like hey you need to go follow this girl because she knows what she's talking about and I was like holy crap and I woke up it was like I woke up one morning I like rolled over to look at my phone so that I could read my bible verse like I do every morning and it was like scrolling to find my bible verse because you know how your phones give you your notifications and it was like you have another follower and another follower I literally got 115 followers in one day I was like this is insane like who does this even happen to like this is not (laughs) 
even real and I I still have screenshots on my oh, phone I love that and then the, the sparkly grape juice you're like we wasted yes. that on that first follower <laughs> I, I was like go get more sparkling grape juice because yes. like at this point I've become addicted and I love sparkling grape juice and not it. even the kind with alcohol like the plain Welch's red sparkling grape juice <laughs> I am addicted. And so, yeah, after that, it just, um, I won't say that I have a whole lot of followers. I don't, but I'm very thankful to have all of them that I do. And I love them all. I know that sounds maybe crazy, but I really do appreciate every single one of them because they're all important and I want to get to know all of their stories. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Yes. Oh, I love that story. You know what? It's so, uh, social media is like, it's a beast and it's a blessing and it's fun and it's a curse at the same time. And there's this big thing, um, behind the amount of followers and how many times you should post every day and a specific time of the day and the algorithms and this and that. But the reality is, is that, if you have a hundred thousand followers, that's great because more people are gonna see your posts because just the way the algorithms work. Yeah. But you're not gonna interact with a hundred thousand people. Like that's not humanly possible. Yeah. Right. For so sure. if you have whatever it is that is like manageable and slowly it will build and maybe maybe who knows maybe one day we'll both have a hundred thousand (laughs) followers I hope so yes I will just be out there helping all the women (laughs) but yeah but there's something about this the genuine um feeling of having uh these followers that's like slowly building because you can create this community versus you just go you open your account you do whatever marketing strategy you end up with 10,000 followers I don't know what people do to get 10,000 followers it <laughs> no goes idea. beyond it's totally beyond me and and then like how do you manage that how do you create this community where people feel like you are a person that yeah. is opened for people to talk to and share their stories because ultimately that's why you're there right mm-hmm. that's why we're both there like I totally empathize with your with your cause we're coming from from different experiences but our goal of being there to put our story and then listen to people with similar stories and struggles is very mm-hmm. similar so I love the story of the first <laughs> follower and that and now every time I see sparkling grape juice I'm gonna think of you Oh, great. I love that. That's what I I want now. (laughs) (laughs) I have the sun just like beaming at me. I know I can see it. It's just slowly moving. You look beautiful in the light. Well, well, thank you. But it's getting really hot. And I'm like, oh, I would go for that sparkling (laughs) cold grape juice juice. right about now. Yes, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So can you tell us a bit about um, the things that you're currently sharing and your some of the plans and and things that you're doing now? Yeah, so I'm pretty much just sharing. Like you said, I don't really have a plan to beat the algorithms. I just, I can't keep up with all that. Like I've read into it a little bit, but it's just too much for me to even begin to manage. I really just want to be a human being like you've already mentioned. And so I'm just kind of sharing like things that go through my mind. Like if I feel sad and I miss my son, then I want to post about being sad and missing my son because I know I'm not the only woman who's sad and missing their child. And that way it gives them a space to feel comfortable in an area where they can say, you know what, I feel sad too, or I'm having a bad day, or I've been having a bad week. And you speaking up and saying that has been helpful because it's not just all the moms out there just posting like the happy, perfect selfie pictures, you know? Absolutely. And so I'm mainly just sharing my journey and um, eventually I will be back on my trying to conceive journey. (laughs) Yes. So I'll be sharing that too. And then just kind of like what I'm doing and things that I want to do. Um, Right now, I'm in the process of starting angel mama boxes. That's what I call them. I think I'm going to like copyright that or trademark it really quick. Yeah, you should, because that sounds lovely. 
I know. Yeah. So one thing that I was very, very thankful for when I was in the hospital the day my son was born and like just that whole time surrounding that was like my nurses were really amazing. Like I literally had the best nurses that you could probably ever ask for. And they like brought me things like soap and toothbrushes and deodorant, like with their own money, they went to the store and bought me those things, not like things you have to pay for later, like with their own money. They like bought those things and they gave me like this little teddy bear that's kind of like the weight of a baby. So I didn't feel like completely empty. Oh, wow. And so I just kind of want to give back and do something similar to that. And I just want to create these boxes just to give away to the hospitals and donate so that, you know, when women have miscarriages and stillbirths, like they never know that that day is going to be the day. Like you never wake up and go, oh, hey, I'm going to have a miscarriage or, oh, hey, I'm going to have a stillbirth. So I just want to make boxes that have like water bottles that throw blankets and just like a little card to like navigating through grief and like some topics that could be helpful to them and just like leave them there and just like talk to the women and let them know like they shouldn't be ashamed of their bodies because I know that women are often ashamed for uh, or ashamed for having a stillbirth or miscarriage. So I want them to know like you did the best that you could with your pregnancy. Like you didn't want this to happen. You did a great job. And um, so that's just one of the things I want to do. And then I'm also going to start podcasting soon. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I have nothing in the works yet where I would tell you about it, but I do have my website up. It's raisingangel.com. And so I literally got everything up last night and I will be writing blog posts on there and posting like some merchandise on there soon okay nice oh I love those projects yeah Yeah. well congrats on the website I know that takes a while sometimes and it puts yeah we put a lot into um releasing stuff like that just up on the internet yeah so good for you and that's very exciting with the little care packages yeah I hope it goes well putting that in place and yeah, we'll just share. I can always edit the notes of the podcast. So whenever mm-hmm. that's ready, I can put that in. And yeah. so when people access the episode, they can read about it and see wherever you are on sure. yeah, on that. And I'm sure we'll be able to follow that on Instagram as well. Yes. 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 So um, Isis, just approaching the end of our conversation, do you have any advice for listener or recommendations or a quote something that has helped you through your times of struggle yes so there's this woman that works at Publix at the Publix near my house and she has lost a child as well and she told me one day if you don't want to talk to somebody or they don't understand what's going on, just don't talk to them. Just like take a moment for yourself, take a deep breath and realize that it's okay to have your personal time and you don't have to be on and be there for everybody all the time. And so that is a piece of information that like really changed my outlook on things because I'm like, wow, I'm always on I'm always there for everybody else but then when I need time for myself I don't really take it so definitely make time for self-care whatever that is for you that thing that makes you overwhelmingly happy whether Mm -hmm. that's watercoloring for like me or baking or sparkling grape juice like (laughs) do that go and do that and be happy about it and just know that you deserve love and that you deserve happiness and you deserve peace and also that it's okay to protect your mind and it's okay to say no because women are often told that they're not allowed to say no and so if there's something that's making you uncomfortable just say no it's okay to say no like I know that you guys are listening I just want you to say it with me (laughs) just say no just say it just say it now just say no 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 just no (laughs) no and then just go about your day And that's my advice that I have. 
Oh, love it. It's so absolutely true. Wise, wise woman that got you into that mindset. Yeah, it's true. We just feel so like just like it's our job to to say yes and to help and to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's rude if we don't say anything. And yeah, and it's not. And it's so important to protect our energy and our space and our yes. mental health and well being. So that's a beautiful sharing and advice. Love it. Can we share just one last time before we wrap up your handles of all your, so again, just um, your website and social media? Yes. So on Instagram, my name is raising a, like literally the letter a angel. There is no, and there is no N. So raising a angel. And then my website is raising a Perfect. Very easy. And we'll put all of that on the notes as well. It's such a pleasure to talk to. And I know that these conversations are so challenging, but like you said, so important to have. Mm -hmm. So people hear it, like listen to it and understand that it's okay to feel all the feels, the good and the bad and, and be able to, to sit with it as we, as we go through grief. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not just in this exact situation, but any sort of, of grief, right? All of the wise words that you gave us today. So thank you. You're You're such a pleasure to chat with. Yes. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. What a chat, huh? It's just amazing the resilient spirit that Isis has and maintaining both her and her husband, maintaining their spirit up while they still grieve for their loss. I think that we can just leave it at that for today. Just let it sit in the hope and the joy that Isis left us with. And all my love to everyone, stay safe, and I will see you next week. This podcast wouldn't be up and running if it wasn't for the help of a few very special people. You can find my special thanks to them all at myfertilityjourney.ca. And if you want to keep in touch, find me on Instagram on at myfertilityjourney.ca. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, leave a review to support the show and share it with anyone you think might benefit from it. Love you all and I'll see you soon.